0: Welcome to the Sales Engagement Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Outreach, the leading sales engagement platform, helping companies, sellers, and customer success engage with buyers and customers in the modern sales era. Check out salesengagement.com for new episodes, resources, and the book on sales engagement available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble or wherever books are sold. Now, let's get into today's episode.
1: Hello, and welcome back, everyone, to the Sales engagement podcast. Thanks, as always, for lending us your eardrums for the next 20, 30 minutes. This is gonna be a fun one. I am joined by Rob Falcone. Rob, welcome, man. Thanks for having me, Scott. Excited to have you on. So I'll get you to go a little more into your your background, but Rob is currently the Senior Director of Sales Engineering and Strategy over at Guru, also an author of Just Effing Demo, which I love the name, uh, but man, for the, the listeners, can you do the quick, you know, two-minute breakdown? I usually call it the superhero origin story of, of Rob. How'd you get to, to hold such a cool position in such a cool company?
2: Hmm, man, uh, I mean, some folks in the sales world have heard me tell this story before, but my first sales gig was hustling replica Oakley's when I was, you know, 14, 15 years old, so Hell I kind of yeah, caught man. the bug there. Kind of caught the bug there. Um, Never really anticipated to be in sales once I got into the professional world, started in client success, and then kind of found my way into sales engineering, Uh, carried a bag, led a sales team, and now um, over at Guru, I oversee our sales engineering team as well as our inbound outbound SDR teams, and really have been spending a lot of time drafting our sales approach into the company's uh, foray into product lift growth, which has been a lot of fun.
1: That's cool, man. That's a that's a major shift to make going into to product led growth. And we could probably go down that rabbit hole for a full a full episode and more. But that's cool, man. So I gotta ask, what did you learn selling replica Oakleys that you still carry with you today?
2: You know what, man? I would say that the uh, <laughs> kind of the old adage, the customer is always right and customer experience wins the day. I had a number of these replica Oakley's had the O pop off and unhappy parents, uh, coming back with the, 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 the merchant hand. And, um, you know, people felt a lot better about that after you're like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Here's a new pair. So, you know, on one hand I could have been like, you're buying a, you know, $15 knockoff of $150 product. What do you expect? But, um, you know, I, I did i kind of use the old nordstrom uh, any anything can be taken back at any time use that and um you know i think even today as as a b2b seller right the idea of figuring out what your customer wants and delivering an experience that matches their expectation i'd say i carried that with me
1: yeah i like it always do right by the customer hundred uh, percent agree all right so what i wanted to spend some time wrestling with you today and we were shooting around a couple topics. I like this one a lot. I think it's very topical. And we want to spend some time talking about how do you disseminate information effectively and efficiently when we're all working from home and it's harder than ever to collect information from the front lines and get it into people's brains for their next you know, sales call. So that's what I want to spend some time talking through. Before we do get there, though, I want to, because I've heard really good things about your book. And I want to do uh, a super quick plug. What's the what's the quick rundown, the Coles Notes version of this book? Because I think everyone should cop it.
2: Oh, man. Uh, well, it's intentionally short. All of my good reviews are like, this book is so short, five stars. And all the bad reviews are like, this shit sucks. It's too short. <laughs> so... Uh, it's intentionally short for people that only have, um, you know, minuscule time to do one or two things to improve their, their demo skills. So I'd say the TLDR is invest the time to understand and research your customer and then be maniacally focused on putting together buckets of what you show so that you can be modular with when and how you show certain things. And it becomes, really accessible for someone who maybe knows nothing about your product to ingest the different ways that, um, that it can help them.
1: I like it, I like it. So go check it out everyone, just effin' demo. But all right man, so back to this topic. I guess my question is, so so you at Guru, just like so many others, you know, every big company, every company for that matter, has now moved from in-office to, to work from home and with that comes a slew of new problems. One of the biggest being how do we get the information that we're collecting from customers back and into the hands of our sales team. At the beginning, let's start at the beginning. What were the first steps of trying to serve up information better to your reps on the on the front lines? What was your first thing on like week one when this all went down? Yeah, this is something that we talk a lot about with our customers, and I'll I'll
2: use one example to frame it up. Um, we heard from an IT specialist over at SailPoint. They have four offices around the world. They said that you know when the stay-at-home order went into effect, they were seeing about thirty-five thousand messages on Slack a day, and overnight that jumped to sixty thousand messages a day. So that's twenty-five thousand in-person conversations that were happening in a physical space that all of a sudden went online, right? And so, when you think about the tools that we use in this new world, we're using video chat, you and I, to facilitate face-to-face conversation. We're using tools like Slack and Teams for real, you know, near real-time chats. But the information that's shared in those mediums is is getting lost. What, What about the information in those chats that's needed many many times by many many people across the company right the the rules to fill out your expense report the process for answering a customer question the the details of that product feature that you just released that people are still wrapping their arms around and so when you're not accounting for that information employees feel helpless right think about how many times you would just turn around and ask someone that now you're like oh my god where do i even start and then on the flip side of that you have the people that are getting asked, right getting 10, 15, 20 times a day, just answering answering questions. I saw a stat from, uh, it was the the Bureau of Economic Research that said that the pandemic workday is 48 minutes longer than when we were working in office, right? So these people are spending time that should be spent, oh, wow, I don't have a commute. You know, I could spend more time on the Peloton. <laughs> well, no, you're spending that extra time figuring out how to overcome things that weren't necessarily a challenge when there was a physical space. So it's yeah. it's, it's pretty crazy.
1: It is, man. I, I love that way of quantifying that example of 35K Slack messages before, 60K now, so that is 25K interactions now being had. And there's so much that's missed too, right? Like, you know, people always talk about, you know, the words that we say are something like 30% of of communication, like there's tonality, there's body language. You could Slack someone and be like, hey, we're having an issue with customer, why? And you're like, okay, okay, I'll get to that later. Or you could be in an office and you like see in their fridge like we're, ha- we're having an issue with customer, why, man? And then it's like the gravity comes up, it becomes more serious, you like, you move faster. And all of that is kind of being, being lost. And I can certainly relate to the days being longer. We were just talking about that when we first got on here. And I think I'm guilty of this too, man. So I'll, I'll share this, and this isn't even public yet, but this, this episode won't come up for a couple months. So I'll, I'll share it. We're hiring a new, a partnerships manager for my team on the sales hacker side, hundreds of great candidates. And uh, as I went, there was one, I'm from Vancouver. There was one from Vancouver and he was a standout. He was really good. And it came down to him and another person and the other person was you know, in the US, not in my, my city. And I thought through all of the information I, I was gonna have to give to this person digitally and find a way to serve that up effectively. And it just started blowing my mind. I don't think I fully comprehended how much, I was gonna have to do like an hour or two of Zoom training every day for like two months, man. Like full stop because none of it was recorded or anything, so ultimately we went with the candidate in Vancouver because he's close by, but that's like a perfect perfect example of it. So what are some tips, strategies? Let's take that scenario. If I didn't have the luxury of going with someone here in my my home city where they can just mirror me, learn from osmosis, what are some tips, strategies that you have to like get, get that person ramping in another state?
2: Yeah, there's a couple things. The first one is, you know, we've seen from our research that people are using five to six apps at any given time. Right. And so anytime they need to leave that app, they're automatically in a place where they're frazzled and they're now looking and searching and that's where you see, you know, let me just ping someone on Slack, right? So the first thing is give them the information that they need in those different apps when they're in the apps. The second one is it's gotta be easy for the experts to keep up to date. So in that example with you and your new hire, it's either you spending two hours with that person every day or you spending 10 minutes a week, keeping it up to date, making sure that it's good to go so that when that person sees it, they know this is up to date and I don't need to bother Scott. And then you know, even more so all the information that's not just in your hands, but all the other places that they need to go for information, HR, product, IT. So then the third thing is kind of going back to the apps piece is there's so much information that we're being inundated with, You need to be able to push through the noise and the context of what they're doing in these different apps is so important, right? If your new hire is in their expense reporting system, you know what they're trying to do. They're trying to submit an expense report. Well, let's push out, here's the step-by-step on how to fill out your expense report and what's allowed and not allowed to expense so that this person doesn't have to go, oh my God, uh, all right, I don't know what I'm allowed to expense. Let me go ping the HR person. The HR person is in a different time zone taking their lunch break and now they're waiting. So those would be the three things that, that I always recommend. Information in every system, make it easy for the experts to keep up to date and then push things out to people where
1: they are. I love that. I feel like having, I think that's gonna be the future of technology is having these, a lot of these systems, like I think the best technology of the future is kind of gonna sit in the background of wherever you want to live and just serve you up when you need it, and uh, I like that. And then, so this this up to date thing. Let's let's talk through that for a sec. So keeping your information up to date. Obviously, you know leaders have a lot going on. You know, we just said we're working more than ever. We're burnt out. What are some ways you get your the leaders across your organization kind of bought into? hey, you know we're, we've got a new onboarding class or we've got new training rolling out, you're the best at this, can you give me some time? How did you get kind of executive buy-in or leadership buy-in for them constantly keeping this up-to-date and saving those long overhauls where you have to redo like all training and all information?
2: Yeah, I think the easiest thing for anyone to do is go and audit how it's happening right now. And you kind of mentioned it, right? Slack, Microsoft Teams, these systems are becoming the operating system of our life, right? So go and audit how it happens right now. The example that you mentioned earlier, the person with the panic walking over to someone's desk. Well, that's happening digitally now in front of everyone. You know, a customer asks you a question, you know, hey, does, does outreach scrape our emails? And this new sales rep that you just hired is like, uh, uh I don't want to answer wrong. Let me, let me go and hit Slack, boom. So they Slack and they send this out in the channel. And then someone in sales responds, nope. And then someone in customer success says, well, actually kind of. Mm-hmm. And then you know the person's like, oh God, now I have conflicting information. And someone's like, well, ask Pete. And then three hours later, because Pete is heads down coding, Pete, the person who built the feature, pops up and says, here's the truth. Boom, 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 boom. Okay, so now, <laughs> The rep feels super stressed and isolated because they had to wait and go through all that, that all the hoops to get this information. Pete's pulled away from his actual job every single time. You know, The next day or the next week when someone asks the same question, they're like, well, I, I found this in Slack, but things change quickly. I don't know, all right, let me ask Pete again, right? So when you audit how it's actually happening, then the question becomes, okay, how do we make it easier for Pete to, when he's spending the three minutes answering the question right there, to capture that information and make it reusable in a way that scales, and then maybe once every so often audit that that's still the truth. So that infrastructure to go from how it's being done today to a better way as seamlessly as possible is super important. And then in terms of making the case, you know, you can look at the time savings on the expert side, you know, so how much time are your experts in engineering, IT, Product, HR, BizOps—you know how much time are they spending constantly sharing information that's being wasted in, you know, the real-time channels? And then on the flip side, it's how much time are people wasting trying to find this information? I saw something the other day where someone pulled their team. Uh, it was a customer support team. They pulled their team and found that twenty-eight percent of their support agents said that they shared wrong information with customers in the last two weeks right so the, the the downside you know that's an easy business case that makes so you really just look at it from both sides the the information seeker and the information giver and it adds up pretty quickly
1: yeah yeah that's huge and that that exact i can't tell you how often that exact scenario plays out i think that happened this morning on our on our outreach <laughs> slack that exact thing his name might even been pete man that was that was crazy how <laughs> accurate that was um everybody has a Pete. Everyone's got a beat, man. Man, that's crazy, and that's a that's a pretty startling fact. You know, listeners, there. Think about that. Imagine if your your customer success or your salespeople twenty eight percent are saying they've given wrong information in the last two weeks. That's scary, and it it will diminish the buying experience so fast. There's nothing more infuriating. And I'll I'll share a story happened to me two days ago. Speaking of Peloton, you brought up Peloton. I have a new peloton like every other tech person in the world and my accessories haven't shown up yet. And I've had the bike for like two weeks now, but I don't have the shoes or anything. So I go on and they actually have really good live chat. And I was talking to this guy and he's like, Hey, if it doesn't show up in a week, you'll get a full refund on all your accessories, but we'll still send it out. Like, Awesome. Week passes. I go back on, talk to another agent. and say, Hey, like, how do I go about getting like my refund? I had the screenshot, you know, talk to Philip. And she goes, Oh, that's wrong information. And I've had such a good experience up until that one point. And now I've got this really sour taste in my mouth. And unfortunately, the way humans are wired, what am I going to be talking about on a podcast (laughs) about Peloton? Not how awesome it is, and how much I'm enjoying it. I'm going to be talking about that little inflection point that that really stung and bothered me. The goddamn
2: O that fell off the fake Oakley.
1: <laughs> the goddamn O. There you go. Full circle. I love it. Okay. So but it's funny, uh, just last,
2: to, yeah. Scott, to, to double click on that, right? Think about that. You know, Philip. He's not intending to give you wrong information. He's sitting there, probably in his house right now. With a ton of different information about policies that are changing, products changing, Peloton, you know, demand, like you said, for, for, for that particular product is through the roof. He's got six different systems he needs to work in from the CRM to the chat tool that he's chatting with you to the internal chat tool that he's chatting with his peers, right? It's it's an overload. And so without some of that infrastructure. All he's trying to do is like, I know I need to be fast and get this customer a quick answer because speed you know, is so important. And he shares you wrong information and now you have what ultimately still ends up being a bad customer experience. So I, I, I have so much empathy for support folks, sales folks. I mean, really everyone that that's feeling kind of out and, and feeling like they're, they're not confident to do their job to the best they can just because they're not sitting next to someone anymore. It's weird, like the world has shifted to remote you know, I keep quoting these stats because they keep hitting me in the yeah, face we've been collecting them, but Global Workforce Analytics says that by 2021, 25 to 30% of the workforce will be working from home multiple days a week. I mean, that's crazy. Uh, 25% multiple wow. days a week. So like, this is not going away. The world has shifted and they're finding like, hey, people can be productive from home. It's a cost savings, like there's so many benefits, but the way we operate It used to be defined by how we operated. I I heard this from, I think it was Asana. How we operated was dictated by where we operated and that has totally been flipped.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I often think through through this whole thing, I think back to my time kind of breaking into tech as a BDR and how little I knew about everything. And I could not fathom You know everything from watching how my executives interacted with each other and how they presented in the boardroom and the amount of times I would bug like I just found the person that was like willing to put up with my a million questions and they were super nice. His name was Brendan. You're the best guy ever, and just like hounded him all the time. And I would get these information without that, it would have been so kind of terrifying and might even been you know turned off of the. profession and think i can't do this this is too much so who then should own this i think everyone listening to this can probably be like okay this is big we got to fix this you know we can't have wrong information out there we got to make our people feel feel supported who in an organization do you think should own this kind of we'll call it a single source of truth own that and keep it up to date and hold leaders accountable to make sure it's you know up to date with the systems you need to know and then get that information in front of everyone. Who do you think should own that? You know, it's, uh, I think it's it's more
2: than one person or one team because when we look at um, who people are using information authored by, and this is specific to Guru, right? But even if you take Guru out of it, this is happening in the real world without it. Mm-hmm. It's it's all those different teams I mentioned. It's product for product information, security for security information, HR for policies, uh, internal comms teams, support for FAQs, sales and sales enablement for sales processes. So the amount of information that any one person at one of these companies needs, it really does come from all these different experts. And for one person to try to be the singular conduit, it's just too much. And so. You know what I really believe is each of those people and teams needs to be facilitated they, they need the infrastructure to to be the expert and you know what happens is it becomes a really good um, point of progression. You know one of the things that's really hard in remote is. Delegating responsibilities and helping to elevate people along their career path, like those conversations that you have over coffee in the morning, Mm -hmm. they don't happen. Right. So a lot of leaders are looking for ways to delegate new things. So to be able to say, and and we had this happen within our team recently, we had one person who was um, the the most senior person on inbound chat. We just added a new person to that team. And we were like, okay, you know, let's let Colin update the, the chat guides. He's been doing it for so long and so little things like that it could be one specific process out of all of these pieces of information that are being shared but this one person is now empowered to own that and every so often make sure that it's changed and up to date that's a great thing in terms of you know delegating to your your, your high skill high will people um so mm-hmm. i would say it's not one person and in fact it's it truly is an opportunity for the individual teams and then i'd say like just in in terms of change management, because you asked about this earlier, I'm surprised how many CXOs I'm seeing talking about the future of work and running evals to say like, hey, do we have this problem and how are we fixing it? They know they're, they're the visionaries that are seeing the world change. And then kind of to the point I made earlier saying like, okay, it feels like this is now different. Have we changed how we operate to match that? And so for the folks that step up, I think that there is a lot of opportunity for their own careers to, to hitch their wagon to something that's very top of mind for the, the C-suite within their orgs.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, man, this has been a super interesting chat and I could probably continue to, to talk your ear off here and, and pick your brain, because uh, you got a ton of interesting stats and, and viewpoints on this. But as we sort of wrap up, again, everyone's so inundated with information now and who knows where they're listening they got one AirPod in and they're working out or they're they've got a crying baby in the background who knows so if people only remember three things about this conversation that we had today what would you want those to be Mm -hmm. audit your
2: communications from let's just say just this week is there information that you shared that you could capture because it's gonna make your life easier next week not having to re-answer it. And it's gonna make somebody else's life easier when they ask a similar question next week. So audit any information you shared, audit any information that someone shared with you that you might be able to, to help someone out with. So that's the first one, audit what you're doing today. Second one is democratize. You know, Maybe someone shared information with you and you capture it and you know that person was just relaying what Pete told them. You know, Is there a way you can ask Pete to, to keep that up to date or, you know, funnel people to Pete the next time instead of this other person who's just a conduit, right? So that process of democratization in addition to auditing. And then the third thing is, um, I would say again, the ability to have that information everywhere where people are working. So for example, if it's in Slack, you know, is there a way that you can get that into Slack? You know, you're gonna need something else when you're in Gmail. You're gonna need something else when you're working in, outreach you know when you're going in and analyzing how to analyze reports right so if there are ways to put the information in one of those five to six apps that everybody's using it's going to make everyone more efficient and really reduce that noise for everyone
1: i love it i love it perfect way to wrap up good synthesizing all of the the information there man well thank you you're a wealth of knowledge i appreciate you coming on and and sharing with the the community and those folks out there do go check out guru it's a fantastic tool And it's going to, you know, help everyone across your organization access information. They need to have hyper-effective customer-facing conversations. And yeah, thanks for giving us your drums. Rob, thanks again. And uh, we'll see you all next episode.
0: This was another episode of the Sales Engagement Podcast. Join us at salesengagement.com for new episodes, resources, and the book on sales engagement now available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or wherever books are sold. To get the most out of your sales engagement strategy, make sure to check out Outreach, the leading sales engagement platform. See you on the next episode.